Welcome to Feed Your Health, a weekly podcast with your host Morgan Shepherd, where we'll be taking a deep dive into the big dial movers of health, focusing on movement, nutrition, and stress management. You'll get tangible takeaways, tactical knowledge, and exclusive stories to inspire and empower you on your transformational health journey. Let's get thriving. Welcome to the podcast. So today we're going to be talking about how to balance a meat. Everyone has different foods that they enjoy, and that's going to be different depending on who you are, what you like, where you came from, all of those things. But there are a few fundamental things that help balance a meal when we're thinking about wanting weight loss or any kind of body change as far as nutrition. So the main things we're going to consider when designing a meal for optimal functioning is going to be protein, starchy carbohydrates, healthy fats, and vegetables. And those are the main macronutrients that we want in a meal. Now, I don't know where you went to school or what your nutrition education is like. I'm not here to judge, but I know the education system in the States is not the greatest. So a lot of people never get foundations in nutrition. So if you don't know what a macronutrient is and you don't know what protein and carbohydrates and fats are, that's totally okay. It's understandable. But that's why I'm making this podcast episode today because I feel like a lot of people don't know the basics and this would be a really good foundation for you if you're starting in that spot. Sometimes I have clients who come in and they don't know those basics, and so we go over some foundations before we start manipulating their eating to improve their chances of having success with weight loss. So that's what this podcast is for. I'm going to do a quick rundown of what proteins are, what carbohydrates are, and what fats are. Proteins are the building blocks of muscle. They help with muscle loss, they help to maintain muscle, and they help to build muscle. And they're involved in metabolic, hormonal, and enzyme systems. Protein also keeps you full longer than carbohydrates or fats. So if you're feeling like you're hungry throughout the day, sometimes that's because you're not getting enough protein. There are different theories of how much protein you should be getting, but a recommended dosage is about, you know, 0.6 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. So if I weigh 145 pounds, roughly 145 grams of protein per day. Now that's going to depend on like your athletic goals, your body goals, how much activity you're doing, but generally speaking, that's a good recommendation. Carbohydrates are our primary source of energy. So carbohydrates are broken up into two different categories. You have Simple carbohydrates and complex carbohydrates. Simple carbohydrates, I like to think of as like all of the vegetables. So like vegetables and fruit, you know, celery, tomatoes, carrots, greens, all of those types of things. And then complex carbohydrates are going to be your starchy carbohydrates that are going to be heartier and heavier, like potatoes and yams and squashes and those things that have a little bit more calories in them. Carbohydrates also have fiber. So that is where you're going to get most of your fiber from. So that's why increasing your vegetable consumption helps with digestion and it also helps regulate blood sugar spikes. That's why we recommend eating whole grains versus more refined grains because they have the fiber still in them and will slow that spike of blood sugar. Carbohydrates provide the energy for your central nervous system, for your brain, and for your muscles. And I know a lot of people love to limit their carbohydrate consumption because they're worried about gaining weight or they're worried about spiking their blood sugar. Well, 
overall, I really recommend you not to limit your carbohydrates because they are your primary energy source. And if you are not eating enough carbohydrates, you're likely going to experience things like brain fog, disorientation, exhaustion, memory loss, difficulty focusing. So if you're experiencing any of those things, it's possible that you're not consuming enough carbohydrates. Don't be afraid of them. Eat carbs. They're great for you. Something else to consider with fiber is that it helps slow digestion and it also helps keep your blood sugar response stable. I also recommend to eat a rainbow of fruits and vegetables because the different colors have different nutrients. And so if you're allowing yourself that opportunity to expand and have different colors, then you're going to make sure that you meet all of your micronutrient profiles instead of trying to depend on supplements or something like that. It's better to get it from whole foods. Fats are going to be the body's energy source after you've depleted all of your carbohydrates. So if you've ever done any kind of intense working out, where you're fueling your body, you're probably fueling your body with some kind of sugar source, like a goo packet or like some electrolyte powder that has sugar in it. That's going to be a fuel source. But if you deplete that, that's when your body starts attacking fat cells. Eating fat is going to assist in the absorption and transport of fat soluble vitamins. And fat also aids in hormone regulation and brain function. So if you're not eating fat and you're having a fat free diet, you could be suffering from memory loss and from brain fog and those types of things because you're not providing your body with enough nutrients for proper brain functioning. Fat also is there to protect and insulate your organs. And it also produces the hormone leptin, which is a regulator of a person's appetite. So it tells you if you're hungry or not. Fat supports cell growth and keeps your blood pressure and cholesterol low. And you want to make sure that you're eating enough for optimal hormone regulation. So if you're not eating enough fat, it's not necessarily going to produce the right hormones and you might have some dysregulation and imbalances in your body. Some examples of healthy fats are avocado, olive oil, nuts, seeds, butters, milks, some dairy, depending on if you eat dairy or not. The first step is understanding what these macronutrients are and then making sure that they're on your plate. The second step is going to be figuring out what and how much you should be eating of these macronutrients. And that's going to really be based on your activity levels and your goals and what your past has been with dieting, with eating. So some of the things to think about are if you are trying to lose weight, if you are trying to maintain your weight, if you're trying to build muscle, you might be regulating how much you're eating based on all of those things. If you're in Ironman training, you're probably going to be eating a lot more. If you are just a walker and that's the, the only exercise you get, you might need fewer calories. But I always recommend having a high protein diet with everything that you're doing just because most people are not actually eating enough protein. Some other things to consider are your digestion, your energy levels. Pay attention to those and those can really help you narrow down how much you should be eating. Now, sometimes we have a lot of brain fog and our, our judgment around whether we're full or satiated is clouded because of the history that we've had with dieting or how much junk food we eat and certain hormones that we have can cloud our judgment. I would say adjust your portions based on how frequently you eat, what sort of energy you're experiencing based on what you're eating. Really pay attention to your fullness 
and your satisfaction levels. So in previous episodes, I've talked about how dieting makes us dumber, which is another reason why I don't like to throw numbers of what you should be eating at you, because I feel like it's really important for you to learn how to tune into your body so that you can notice fullness and you can notice if you're feeling overly stuffed or if you're feeling like you need to eat more. A lot of us have stopped paying attention to those signals because we eat based on our life schedule, not based on when we're hungry. Now, I try and tune in with my body every three to four hours to check on my hunger, to check on my cravings, my energy, my stress, my emotions, because sometimes, you know, I might want food and I'm not hungry. I'm just emotional and I'm, I'm craving that comfort feeling. It's really about eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full and reconnecting with what what that means to you, what that feels like to you. I like to teach all my clients to eat to a level of satisfaction, and that's gonna look different for everybody. Satisfaction basically means that you're eating so that you're comfortably full, but you're not overly full. You could have a little bit more, and you're not having that like craving want mode type feeling, you know, when you're feeling restricted or deprived. You've satisfied that part of your brain. I've mentioned before that overeating comes from a lack of awareness and a lack of mindfulness when you're around food. So one of the first things that I teach my clients is something called awareness checks. And that pulls you back into being mindful around food and helps you develop that skill of awareness so that you can tune into your body and figure out what it is needing in that moment without being overcome by emotion or stress or you know, mindlessly eating on autopilot in front of the fridge. Now, obviously there are general guidelines when you're considering trying to lose weight, trying to be in maintenance or trying to gain muscle. You can go on the internet and find a bunch of information about all of that. But basically a breakdown would be, I like to have people be in maintenance mode for about three months. And you can sort of figure out if you're eating at maintenance, if your weight stays the same. So while I don't necessarily recommend weighing yourself every day, it can give you an idea of, you know, over a two week period, if you weigh yourself every day, you can see if your eating is having an effect on your weight. Are you gaining weight? Are you losing weight? Are you staying the same? If you're eating at maintenance, most likely your weight is going to be staying the same. I recommend three months for that. Stay stay at maintenance for three months if you're going to do any kind of manipulating of your diet because a lot of people are coming from chronic dieting. They're coming from past experiences with dieting. And so their metabolism may have acclimated or adapted to whatever their eating pattern is. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you are eating at what is considered your maintenance. You're eating at a level that may or may not be nourishing your body, but your metabolism has adapted to it. It's responding to what you're giving it. Hopefully that makes some kind of sense. So if you want to have a caloric deficit, basically eating a little bit under your calories in order to lose weight, it's really recommended that you don't subtract more than 200 calories a day. So that would be like one small portion of carbohydrates from the day. You know, like if you eat, so you have rice at every meal, subtract it from one of those meals. That's kind of what eating in a caloric deficit looks like when you're trying to work towards sustainable weight loss. Now, sure, there's all kinds of other diets that are going to have you restrict all kinds of things and eat way less than you should be, but those types of diets aren't maintainable and you can't keep living that way. And then when you go back to normal eating, which is what I help people figure out how to do, you end up getting all the weight back. So if you do it in small, small quantities, that's when you're more likely to see the progress long term. 
Now, if you are going to do a caloric deficit, I recommend really only doing it for like two to four weeks. Don't do it for any longer than that and then go back into maintenance. And that way you can sort of train your body and like you're not stressing it. When you put yourself in a diet, you're overly stressing your body. And that just causes all kinds of challenges that you may not even be aware of. And then of course we have, you know, what people call a reverse diet or eating in a surplus, which will be, you know, if you're eating a little bit more of proteins or carbohydrates, and that's going to help promote muscle growth and increase your energy and your performance results. And so like, that's kind of where I've been at recently because I'm trying to work really hard on muscle growth, maybe not as well as I would like, but <laughs> we can't always get to the gym. We try, but I'm building a business. Anyways, so basically I'm trying to eat a little bit more protein and a little bit more carbohydrates so that my body responds better and faster to the workouts that I'm doing and I'm able to build muscle. So, you know, you fuel your body with the sources that are going to help build those muscles. If you're not eating above your maintenance, if you're eating fewer calories than your body needs, there's no way that you can build muscles. You know, people talk all the time about it's really, really hard for you to be able to build muscle and lose fat at the same time. And that's why it's because you don't have the fuel. Your body needs to be able to have the fuel for the specific purposes. And it just, it gets, it gets complicated. I'm not a scientist, so don't listen to me, but I do have a background in nutrition. If you want a more detailed breakdown of easy portioning, go ahead and grab the free guide that I've linked in the show notes. It's the ultimate meal guide and I go into more detail there on like specific portioning sizes, give you some visuals, give you some actual like numbers to play around with. I don't like to do too much because I don't want you to get sidetracked and like stuck following numbers, but I do think having a good idea of like ratios, how to divide a plate and that kind of thing is really helpful. So go Go ahead grab that in the show notes another thing to pay attention to is how often you're eating throughout the day you know i am one of those people i love to eat three big meals and then probably a small snack at some point throughout the day but i know i have a lot of clients and i've said this in other episodes that they'll eat five to six small meals a day it's really going to be about like your energy levels like i said before and what's working for you as far as activity levels where your dips in energy is happening so that you can pay attention and be like okay i'm feeling a little tired maybe i need more fuel the key is to always stay mindful because meals don't happen in isolation because what you eat for breakfast affects your energy throughout the rest of the day and then the other meals that follow that are going to build on that so paying attention to what's happening with your energy what's dipping when when things are happening that kind of thing is really going to help you tune into what it is that your body needs. My goal with every client is to make sure that their hunger is low, their cravings are satisfied, and their energy is stable throughout the day. And we do that by making sure that they're eating in moderation and that they're consuming enough calories for their needs. So some other things to think about when you're planning a plate, planning a meal, or planning a menu are that there are some, some foods that are recommended to be eat less of and some recommended to eat more of. Now, I'm not saying like restrict foods, but I'm saying maybe don't have those quite as much. Have them in moderation so that you're still feeling satisfied, but not overdoing it. Like I said earlier in the podcast, it's not usually the foods that you're eating that's the problem. It's that you're overeating those foods. So learning to be more intentional with the foods that you are eating and recognizing where on this spectrum of, you know, highly processed to whole foods, your foods are falling. So things that are going to be like more 
whole foods like vegetables and whole grains and pieces of meat and things like that versus like deli meats and like chips and fried foods and packaged goods. All of those things are going to be a little bit more overindulgent or extreme and they may cause weight gain if you overeat them. Generally, food is on a spectrum. The fresher it is, the better for you it is. And the more processed it is, less good it is for you. And I recommend eating those highly processed foods in moderation. I'm not saying restrict them completely because that's when you get into that cycle of deprivation and indulgence and you end up binging on the other end. So don't rush into changing your diet all at once. Try and stick to changing small little things and doing it incrementally. I like to think about it as incorporating more nutrient-dense foods and eating less of the processed foods that don't have as many nutrients. And that's why when I teach all my clients how to build a foundation in nutrition, we talk about reading food labels and making sure that everything that you're eating is kind of serving a purpose, whether that is that that purpose is to emotionally satisfy you, because that is also necessary. We want to make sure that your meals are satisfying and that you're not feeling like you're restricted. So if you do have those indulgences, they're strategic and they're intentional. They're not overdoing it and throwing in the towel and going all out. So, you know, a lot of people complain about how eating healthy is really hard and that it just doesn't taste good and it's complicated and takes too long. Well, that's part of why I created this free guide because it's the ultimate solution to making easier, faster, delicious, nutritious meals. And it's not like other meal guides that has like 500 recipes that are each three hours long and it takes fucking forever. It's actually designed by someone who's worked in the food service industry for 13 years. So I worked as a professional chef for 13 years and I have a lot of experience making fancy meals that are delicious that may take three hours, but I also know how to make those five minute on the fly meals. And I know having worked two jobs and been in school and Ironman training, that sometimes we just don't have time to make long meals. Like I'm all about those five minute meals, 15 five minute meals, you know, like make it quick because I don't have time to make something that is so elaborate that takes three hours. Now, Sometimes I want to do that, but every day I just want it to taste delicious and give me all the nutrients that I need. A lot of what went into this guide is helping you through that process. I give you all my tactics for making delicious, nutritious meals as fast as possible. I give you a breakdown of how to set up your plate so that you can create a balanced meal where you prioritize protein. Make sure you get adequate carbohydrates so that you're fueling your body's needs and your activity levels and that you're meeting your nutrient needs by getting vegetables and fruit and greens and that you get enough high quality fat for hormone regulation. And of course, including a sweet snack at the end so that you never feel deprived. In this meal guide, I share all my time-saving tips for making efficient meals and for efficient grocery shopping. I walk you through my cooking process for how to make quick meals, and I do a deep dive into flavor science so you can begin to understand how to create flavor profiles that make meals delicious. So go check out the link in the show notes and grab that free guide if you want fast, easy, delicious, and nutritious meals. As always, thank you so much for listening. I hope some of what I said provided value today. And if you enjoyed what you heard, share it with a friend, like, subscribe, and I will catch you next time. Ciao.